Care and devotion to another person can be wonderful and it can be costly. On this episode, we share a message that we hope encourages you. That's coming up next. Welcome to the Fostering Marriage Podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you keep your marriage the priority and make fostering fit into it, not the other way around. Today, we are talking about the pursuit of selflessness, doing hard things, pain, sacrificing, in other words, costly love. Just perfect. Everyone hears the word pain and they're like, boy, (laughs) this is going to be uplifting. No, actually, I think this is going to be uplifting to everybody. You said encouraging and then I'm like, we're talking about pain. (laughs) It's part of life, isn't it? We walk through it and navigate it. But yeah, we're, I, I love, I'm so looking forward to this conversation um, in this podcast episode, of, because the pursuit of selflessness, I think, is one of those great journeys that we can have in life, and it's it's arguably probably one of the hardest things and one of the hardest journeys that we take on in life. So why are we talking about this? This is what we've chosen, right? I mean, I've chosen to marry you, so pain. <laughs> <laughs> So good luck, everyone. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, cue outro music, (laughs) and we're out. (laughs) But seriously, I mean, we've chosen to go into fostering children, and it can be so difficult, and it can bring so many challenges to us and stressors to us. It can bring stressors to our marriage because of it. So we're not talking about the five keys to... X or whatever today. today. This isn't a how-to episode. This is just something that we want to remind you guys and encourage, you know, why are we doing this? And uh, just, just to encourage you. Yeah. I think to go back to the words, costly love that we shared earlier. um, I think when we go into relationships, so look at marriage, it's like no one goes into marriage saying, I'm looking forward to costly love. Yeah. They're not, we're not, we're like, we're looking forward to being um, in a loving relationship and having a great marriage and all these wonderful things. No one's going into it thinking like, you know what? I so look forward to sacrificing. <laughs> I so look forward to dying to myself. I so look forward to just compromising. And boy, that just sounds so wonderful. But that is actually reality. Yeah. Those are the skills that we need to learn or we or we don't have them and we get into marriage and we stink at these things and then marriage becomes incredibly difficult. So today's episode is it is about perspective. It's about encouragement. It's about perspective and um, a truth that we can come back to as married people or as as fostering marriage couples a truth that we can come back to. It's not to meant to be a message that is going to be on you and in you every second of every day. Yeah. And that now everything's going to be easier because I heard this message and that's how I should be thinking because that's not real life. But it's a truth and a perspective that Mary Beth and I believe that we need to come back to, to reorient and kind of recenter ourselves as we're moving forward in life. Yeah. So this whole conversation started between us because of... Um, but really it was a study on the book of Ruth. And so we're not going to deep dive in that. Feel free to go and read the book of Ruth. 
there are some great studies out there about it. Yeah, and and just to say this, and like if the, this is the book of Ruth from the Bible, so like if you're not a Christian or you're not a believer, uh, it's like again, as we always said, like we are. But don't be offended by that. Hear the story. Yeah. Because the story is one of the most beautiful stories like in the Bible. So don't we're not coming at this from a purely a Christian faith perspective. We want to tell the story, aspects of the story, and draw out some of the most powerful and beautiful things that are actually within this story that also happens to be within the Bible. Yeah. So the story is basically this. There is Naomi, and she is married and has two sons. And a famine comes to Israel, and they leave Israel, and they go to the country of Moab and settle there during the famine. During that time, both of the sons marry Moabite women, and then Naomi's husband dies, then her sons die, and so now it is her and her two daughters-in-law. And at first, both of the daughters-in-law are like, we're going to go back with you because she has learned, hey, the famine is over in Israel. I'm going to go back. And the daughters-in-law are like, we're going to go with you. And she goes, no, 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 no. You stay here. Stay with your people. Find yourselves husbands. You're still young. You know, have your lives here. And the one daughter is like, okay, I'm going to do that. But Ruth says, no, no, no. I'm going to go with you. I am going to commit myself to you. Your people will be my people. I will, your God will be my God. I'm going, I'm, I'm with you. And so they go back to Israel. And then in that time, Naomi guides her through, Hey, go and, you know, pick, what was it? What harvest? There was some harvest grain from this field. And she catches the eye of Boaz. I don't remember if that was the first day or kind of down the line, but whatever. And she comes back in and she's like, he gave me all of this extra grain and she's in, I'm protected here. And Naomi's like, stay there. He is a man of good character. And she kind of just guides Ruth through Jewish culture and what is accepted and what she should be doing. And through that whole process, Ruth and Boaz ultimately get married. And in their marriage, then they have a child And there is just this redemption of Ruth, but even more so, there is now a redemption of Naomi. Yeah, and this is a part, the redemption of Naomi is a part that often isn't talked about, or people don't look at it at all. But you think about in the first century world, this was also a patriarchal society. Um, Patriarchy was not something invented by God, it was invented by man, and it has no place just in the world. But it's here, and it's there, and it's still in our world today of male-dominated societies. This was the, this not the first century world. This is, the, this is way, way, way thousands of years ago. But this was the context that when women lost their husbands, it was now going to be very hard for them. So Naomi, being a older woman in this world she lived in, is in great jeopardy. Yeah. Then the two younger women lose their husbands. This is so crazy i'm all this loss and so we think about ruth that she's a grieving widow as well and she's also chosen to devote herself to naomi and do all the things that that you described but this is a story of hardship it's a story of loss and within that loss 
it's also a story of devotion and therefore love and redemption that takes place. And so this is the story that's the background for this podcast episode. So Ruth, like I said, was guided by Naomi, but this had to be an incredibly difficult thing for Ruth. I mean, she gave up her people, her culture, her homeland, everything that she knew, and she is choosing to commit herself in supporting Naomi, who, by the way, in the book, describes herself as bitter. I don't know about you, but I don't know many women who are like, I'm going to stick with my bitter mother-in-law. You know, <laughs> I mean, let's just be straight. That's that's what she's doing. So you you can immediately see when you lay that context, you can you can immediately start to see the selflessness. Yeah. That is a, that seems to be there in the character of Ruth because she consistently is this way through the story of operating with selflessness. And when you get into really even also understanding this ancient Middle Eastern culture and family relationships are tight. I mean, they are a level of a level of devotion to one another and serving one another that Western culture. We do not have Western culture doesn't operate and adopt nearly as much of that um, as Middle Eastern cultures do. So that's another piece of the cultural context that's important here. Uh, that we can really learn from ourselves. So you think about, you know, like the stressors of how hard it must have been for Ruth to allow herself to be guided. And we think about our own lives and think about how hard can it be for us to allow someone to guide us as adults of like, do this, go here, try this, that sometimes some of us aren't good about that. Some of us aren't the most teachable, coachable people that allow ourselves to be molded or guided um, and until we hit a place of such pain or things are so bad off that then we're like, okay, just tell me what to do and teach me what to do because clearly, clearly I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, and people, I think in our culture, well, probably even then too, was just like, wow, look what you're doing. That is so amazing. Yeah, look at Ruth. Like, hey, Ruth, man, look at your devotion to Naomi. That's just a... You're such an amazing person for doing what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think about how many times I, maybe not, probably both of us, but probably more me, where I've been told, oh, I could never foster. I could never. And it's that feeling of people putting me or us on a pedestal. Or like and, you're doing this yeah, grand thing. Yeah. That, and, that, and I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just a person. I'm just, I'm just doing this and I'm muddling through some days. I'm not that amazing and you could probably do it too you know it's kind of what goes through my mind or the things of all the things we struggle with and all where you feel like a failure as a foster parent and you're struggling with the stress well i think that's what i mean i'm like i really i'm really not all that like i really am not you could do it too i'm kind of sucking my way through this whole thing (laughs) if i can do this anyone can do this kind of thing you know so it's not that anyone is amazing it's just that we have chosen something that's really hard yeah, we have cho- we have chosen something that's hard, whether it's choosing marriage or whether it's choosing fostering. Both of these things can be very hard. Not everybody has a hard marriage. You may be listening to this and be like, I don't have a hard marriage, but fostering is very hard. Then then great. That's I praise God that that's in the situation that you're in. But we're conditioned to avoid pain. And on sometimes choosing marriage is opting into pain. 
and therefore we struggle, or choosing fostering, is we're choosing pain. Again, going back to what I was sharing earlier of costly love, we go into marriage looking forward to love. We don't look. We don't go into it looking forward to painful love or costly love. That's the part that hits us and is like, oh, I don't like this anymore. And then I'm unequipped to navigate through it. But our flesh and our bodies want to avoid pain. Our, we are the fundamental of how we're, we're made is that our body and our brain is survive, avoid, go around, don't put yourself in situations. But as human beings, we have the ability to make decisions that say, that's going to be painful. I'm going to stick myself in there anyway. I'm going to stay in it. And I'm going to endure what my body and my brain fundamentally does not want to deal with. And so for some of us, that is what we're doing, that we're going against the grain of even how, what our body and our brain really wants to even do. Yeah, we don't, I think, get fully accustomed to the fact that this is difficult and okay, I'm good with that now. I mean, it's a constant, when you are struggling and in, in a season of struggle, there there is no going getting accustomed to the difficulty. I mean, you maybe get better at it, yep, but, you but you don't just get to a it point just where you're callous to it. Yeah, or you're just like, oh, well, okay, that's cool. I, I can deal with this. Yeah, I think a thought that's going through my mind right now is that caring is costly. That if you want to stay as a caring person, you may continue to care and therefore experience more pain and more hurt. Because you can go to a place of being calloused and not caring anymore. So therefore, that doesn't affect me anymore. That's not painful anymore. Some of you all may be there in your life right now. That You may, you may be there in your marriage where you've become calloused in places from a place of self-protection because the caring was too costly Mm. because who you're married to, they wouldn't come around. They wouldn't stop doing what they're doing or in the fostering situation or with an in-law or with your, with your biological parent that you have certain dynamics or relationships where you have caused yourself to become calloused or in other words, build walls in order to protect yourself because you don't know how to change it or the person you're in a relationship with is too toxic. Yeah. And you can't, so you have to have healthy boundaries, or you don't have healthy boundaries, and you've learned to callous yourself. Why? Self-protect. Because you're over it, and you don't want to deal with it anymore. So if you want to remain caring, which I would highly encourage you to do, is that if you need boundaries and distance and breaks, do those things. But in order to remain caring... It, that it assumes and it implies, you know what, you're probably going to get hurt. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point. You know, go back and listen to the episode about our episodes about healthy boundaries, because we're not talking about um, having no boundaries in your life. We are talking about self-sacrificial love. So experiencing enough pain is one of those things that can cause us to even question ourselves that we start to experience, and it's like, it's like, well, are we doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is this just stupid, what we're doing? Or when should I exit my marriage? Is it like, What's the line, Joel? Like, what, what should I be? And it's like, there is no such thing. There is no line. There isn't an amount of struggle and pain. But the point is right now is that pain should causes us sometimes to question ourselves. It's like, am I making the right decisions here? Because this doesn't feel right. P- 
people in my life are telling me that this isn't right and that you should avoid it, even though their advice may be wrong because they don't see and operate with a level of selflessness or they are a pleasure-seeking friend that wants to avoid pain at all costs. You have to be careful who you're getting your advice from. But point is, is that this can wig us out in our mind where we start to wonder, it's like, am I even doing the right thing? Because that can lead you to no longer staying the course where you aren't operating with Ruth-like costly selfless love over the long term yeah because the long term is where it really counts yeah i mean i think it's so easy when we look at other friends family and we compare our lives to other people and they maybe appear easier or they appear more fun whether they are or not doesn't even matter it's it's man that that looks like the easier life why am I even choosing this? Yeah, it's like, I mean, you're you're doing your nighttime scroll on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook or TikTok and you see there's your friends, they're at the beach and or they're, they're on vacation or there's that beautiful family photo and they look so happy and everyone looks put together because the photographer helped them capture that moment in that one second of time before the kids were slapping each other off camera. <laughs> and you're... And you're looking at that and you're caught in this toxic comparison trap of I'm over here scrolling through Facebook, laying in my bed at night and the day has been horrible and I don't have a trip planned and we're not in that place and we don't have the money for that because we're paying for all these therapies for our child and, 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 and now you're at a place of my life sucks. Yeah. My life sucks. Caring is costly. Yeah. Loving is costly. That, and also on the comparison part, those pictures that we see online and see of our friends or, or high school acquaintances that that we, you know, friended long ago and we kind of stalk them on how they're doing on social media, that you have no idea how their life is going, that you have no idea the amount of conflict that they experienced on that trip or the amount of debt that they're coming home with because they took that vacation, that you cannot look at a picture and compare it to your serving, selfless, sacrificial, harder life. It is completely unfair to yourself to do that. Yeah. So, you know, we want to consistently choose to settle into the expectation that it's hard and maybe it's going to stay hard for a while. So when when Joel and I were talking about this, I had this memory of this scene from A League of Their Own. And if you haven't seen it, it's a really old movie. Tom Hanks was young. We watched this clip and I'm like, wow, he was really young then. Anyway, um, Tom Hanks plays this baseball coach for a women's team. What Was it World War II that this supposedly was taking place? Uh, something around? like that. I don't even remember, but... They form all these women's leagues and they're about to go to the World Series and Dottie, who's one of the main characters, is like, she's going to quit the team. She's she's done. And he's like, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And I just love that quote because I'm like, that's so true about all of life. The hard stuff is what grows us. It's what makes us better. It's what makes greatness. Yeah, I think the thing about going in through hard things 
is it's stretching us and it is it is it is growing us now it, no, i don't want to i don't want to be overly romantic about this because we just like you all go through hard things and it does not feel romantic no it stinks and it's horribly and it's it's not good enough to just operate with a perspective you know what is that this is so bad or so difficult or whatever it is i'm going through in my life but you know what that tom hanks quote <laughs> that just recentered me right there that that is not the expectation well, and even the the idea of this is so hard but hey i'm growing into a better person how about that? i mean nobody has that that well maybe somebody but i don't think i know them yeah these are things we have to come back to in our minds often they're after the point of of difficulty mm-hmm. where we did have to channel selflessness or sacrifice i'm sure ruth did not every single moment operate with a you know what i'm just so devoted to her and that's what drives me through my day every single day is that i'm operating with with that truth every second of every moment where it just fundamentally changed her she no doubt as a human being went through struggles and difficulties of her own also as a grieving spouse and but that's why again these are things we can come back to in our perspective to help us navigate because these things can help us navigate through through trials and through difficult things she also didn't have the tom hanks quote she didn't (laughs) this was way before her time and she had no tv well we've been talking about costly love of fostering but the same devotion is required in marriage and sometimes that can be very difficult so I've coached couples for, uh, again, I've coached couples for a long time. And the number one thing that holds back every couple is each person's selfishness. And this can show up in all sorts of different ways. Even our own ways of self-protecting can show up as selfishness. Or even controlling behavior can actually be very self-protective. When you dig into it enough, you see sometimes it's fear that a person has that's at the root of why they actually are communicating in controlling ways. But that's all, again, it all comes back to these are our versions of selfishness. And then we contribute to conflict and we aren't supporting each other well and we're not as unified as we need. And so this is why the pursuit of selflessness is such a good one. And it is, these, these are hard things. These aren't Um, A family all dressed in white and khaki on the Destin beach looking polished and beautiful things in the perfect, you know, turquoise water in the background caught at sunset where everyone's skin looks good. That's like that's a picture of time. But that's not the day to day tactical real life of slugging it out at life through times. It's more that day to day life. And at home, in the grind of your routines, is what are we channeling in those moments? What self-awareness are we operating with that is serving or that is selfless in those days of life when someone's simply guiding you of like, hey, stay down there at that field with Boaz. That is a good place for you to be at. Of That is the survival. She's there and she's working because she's trying to provide for her and Naomi. She's simply working and and going behind the harvesters, picking up um, those portions that were left behind. 
Why? To provide and to provide for her and Naomi. This is the basic of life. Yeah. They're poor. They don't have anything. That's why she's gleaning in the way that she is. And Naomi's encouraging her to stay there and continue to glean because they're trying to survive. They're just trying to bring, she's just trying to bring grain home so that they can make some barley loaves. That's what, that's what they're doing. There is nothing romantic about that, is it? I'm sure Ruth in that moment was not thinking, wow, this is just so wonderful. Yeah. This was grinding out in life on, on a Monday, Tuesday, or a Thursday of the things that she needed to do for them to survive. So in this story of Boaz and Ruth, um, we often, it's us commonly taught and talked about as the, is like the redemption of Ruth in that Boaz redeems her. And I think we need to move beyond that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of the story and an it important part. It is part, part of the story. But the big, I think a bigger missing piece is the redemption of Naomi. And I would argue the story of Ruth is more about the redemption of Naomi more than it is the redemption of Ruth. It's called Ruth in the Bible, so it immediately tells us as readers, oh, that's who I'm supposed to focus on. But that is what a, a, a person chose long ago of which to call this body of work is the book of Ruth. And we've got to get past those kinds of things and look at, wait a second, what's all going on in the story? And I would argue that the, actually the redemption of Naomi as a result of Ruth's character and Boaz's character leads to the redeeming and the saving of Naomi. But how was Naomi saved? How was she redeemed? Costly love, selfless and sacrificial love and, and action on the part of both Ruth and Boaz. And Ruth's is the huge one. Because without Ruth, there is no Boaz entering into the picture. There is no marriage. There's now not a family for Naomi to come into. That she's still, she's kind of host in her life and for the rest of her life. Which isn't right. And it's not right. And it's, it's unfair. I'll use the word unfair. And that this is a woman that she needs to be taken care of. And because of not this romantic story that we can put on this story... It's a look at the practical application of the practical realities of what happened. Ruth devoted herself to Naomi. And then here comes Boaz. And because he is a righteous and godly man, he makes these decisions to say, hey, it is right for me to actually marry Ruth. And he's fully aware of Naomi. He knows about her. And so he sees an oper- a place to say, this is where I can exercise righteousness. Yeah. This is my duty to do this. I don't think this is this this love story that we tend to paint the book of Ruth as and we tell everyone to women go find your Boaz and go get that <laughs> man out there. I don't think that's how the story goes at all. And I think I think we look at okay, what's really going on here? This is about selflessness and sacrifice which involves what? Pain, suffering, And then look at what happens in the bigger picture. Unity and people are now in better situations as the result of somebody sacrificing for them. Yeah, one thing I didn't mention, you know, in telling the story is that Boaz is the family redeemer, 
which basically means in all of the laws that God had put out, if a woman lost her husband, there was like this line of who's supposed to marry her in order to provide for her, in order to take care of her. And so he was in that line. He actually wasn't first in line. The person who was first in line was like, oh, shoot, if I do this, it actually might jeopardize part of my inheritance for my sons. I'm not going to do it. So that's where, you know, where you were talking about, this was costly for Boaz as well. So to come off of marriage for just a second and look at just fostering, the work of fostering is healing. It's saving. It's protecting. It's growing and not just the children, but ourselves as well. If we choose to to leverage it in that kind of a way, you know, in marriage, we're choosing to devote ourselves to somebody else. In fostering, we're choosing to devote ourselves to someone else. In either case, we're choosing to devote ourselves to someone else. So in marriage, we're choosing to become less selfish, grow as people. We are. We learn to operate with sacrifice. We learn to serve. We learn generosity if we allow ourselves to. So let's look at look at the perspective and the context. We're learning to become better people as a result of stress and things that are hurtful. Yeah. And that we don't like very much. If we choose to look at ourselves that way and look and see, wow, I'm growing as a person in resilience and character. Because this painful thing that maybe I'm going through in my marriage, this painful season, or in fostering a child or children that may or very, may be very difficult, that they're like sandpaper on you. Or the season of your marriage or the season of your life is like sandpaper on you. You know what? Sandpaper on your skin hurts. That's not romantic. There's nothing about that that's like, oh, this is so... I mean, it just hurts. It just does. But then we can stand back and look, sometimes in hindsight, and see, how did that grow you? How did that change your character? How did that actually make you a more generous or serving person? But some of us have to be reminded of these things that, oh my gosh, it's like, I never saw that coming. And now, that's kind of cool that I'm that way. Yeah, this kind of devotion, I mean, it it requires sacrifice and... You know, like you were saying at the beginning of this episode, this isn't something that we're going to be like thinking about necessarily all the time and probably certainly not when we're in the midst of all this difficulty and stress, but it's a perspective that we want you to come back to and and just remind yourself, this is something great. This is something that is going to grow us. This is something that is going to redeem somebody, who's going to heal somebody, who's going to cause somebody to be so loved. And those are powerful things and important things. Yeah, I think it's it's like, you know, you may listen to this episode and you may get nothing out of it. This may be hitting home and and you're thinking like, yeah, this was, I needed to hear this. This was, this was encouraging or this was a reality check or whatever it is. And hopefully it's something like that to, to somebody who, who's listening to this. And you may be feeling motivated, inspired or whatever in this moment. But you know what? Life is right ahead of you. 
and you're going to get to tonight and you're going to be in some sucky situation with your child or with your spouse and you will have moved on from listening to this kind of a message. We've probably all had those experiences where we listen to things that that may encourage us or motivate us. And then 30 seconds later, it's a, what? Oh my gosh, what am I dealing with? And why is this happening? And that message that hit us and struck us emotionally in that in that moment, that it's now gone. You know what? That's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's a, what are we coming back to in our perspective or what are we learning to channel in those moments that are difficult, that are like, you know what, I need to go here in my mind so that I operate and I communicate with patience right now, or so that I am more gentle or that I'm more kind, or I ask a question instead of making a statement. So this isn't meant to be a, again, that, wow, I just have to operate every minute of every day with this kind of, like, I've just got to be sacrificial, I've got to be selfless, and if I can do that enough, things won't hurt as much. That may not be the reality whatsoever. Yeah. But it's a matter of bigger picture what's going on and what truths or what perspective can we come back to that helps us to keep going. And if you learn, if we learn to utilize perspective like this in the moment, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's phenomenal when we're able to do that. Because um, sometimes, you know what? It's like you don't need encouragement. Sometimes you don't need motivation. Sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. Or you need coaching. Or you need a shoulder to cry on. You don't need somebody to encourage you. You need something real for you. You need somebody to step into your life and take your kids. Or you need a break from you need a weekend getaway. Or whatever it may be. Or you need some stuff to delegate. And you need the kids to help out with a little bit more. Or you need your spouse to help out a little bit more. Or you need some time off from your work, from your job. Like That's literally what sometimes what we need. Is we don't need we don't need encouragement. Sometimes we need those kinds of things in our life. So sometimes encouraging motivational messages is like they don't matter later on in life when you're dealing with a child who's screaming at you or telling you that they hate you. Like it's really difficult to summon, you know, for that not to be difficult and for that not to be painful. But what perspective do we come back to? Is you know what? What am I doing? What's the journey that I'm on? in my marriage and what's the journey that we're on with fostering children yeah you're not a failure if you're not constantly thinking about this higher purpose or call that you're living out because it's not reality people don't live there you shouldn't have this expectation that you're gonna just fully empty yourself and nothing's gonna be hard again and you know i'm just always gonna be thinking i'm doing this great thing no that's that's not real yeah and this is where We have to be careful of having anyone in our lives who is shaming, especially like Christian or faith shaming of like, if you're not operating in a sense of, if your fruit isn't a, is it always and constantly like joyful and selfless and cheerful and you've got people in your life who are shaming you because you're not perfect as a believer in that moment, you you need to check that relationship or you need a boundary. And there's a difference between someone encouraging you and there's someone who's judging or shaming you. Yeah. That because you're sharing what's hard or you're sharing what you're struggling with and you're and you're being vulnerable 
and you're expecting it can be a safe person or a safe conversation and all of a sudden something's getting put back on you that that's judging or shaming, then that's not the person you need to be opening up to. And this world of um, just just being married or just fostering alone, we need to have people that we can open up to and share what's hard. Yeah. You know, rather than going to the, you know what? Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, everything's going well. Because it's it's not. It's not going well. And we need to be able to share and say out loud when things are hard and what's hard and have someone that listens and ideally someone who gets it. Yeah. Someone yeah. who really gets it. And that doesn't have to be your fixer, but someone who really understands and doesn't judge you because of what you're struggling with, whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in fostering children. And so you got to watch your care your your relationships very carefully. With I know that. that's so hard. It's I I feel like sometimes it's hard to find that person who they're not going to fix things. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, that person. They're just a jerk. You're you're such a victim to them. You know, it, it's it's finding somebody who will listen, who will empathize, who and who will just walk the path with you, though. So. I think a final thing to 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 share and to encourage you you all with is that again it's like I've no most people we have no idea who listens to this show and so we have no idea who is a Christian and who's not but most people would uh, would agree that this man named Jesus actually lived um, and there is overwhelming historical evidence that he lived whether you believe that he was divine or 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 God in the flesh or any of that it doesn't matter right now with what I want to say. But the thing I want to say is that Jesus was in agony heading into his tortuous death. He was in agony going to the cross and laying down his life. That he wasn't standing there fully emptied of his humanity, standing there in joy and cheer. He was collapsing to the ground, asking for God to take away from him this thing that he was he was asked to do he wasn't standing there in joy he wanted out of it he wanted no part of it the difference was is that he was simply obedient to what he was asked to do so if you have anyone in your life that you're going through hard things and they're telling you they're they're judging you or they're shaming you or they're also a Christian and they're and we're wanting to tell you that well your fruit should be this going through these things. Again, be careful of who you're talking to. I'm not saying don't try to get your fruit back to where you want it to be. I'm not saying don't work to get to being kind and selfless and practicing self-control and working to be a good person to other people. I'm not saying stay in your struggle. Yeah. I'm saying being careful of judgment and be careful of people shaming you because you're not you're you're because you're struggling through difficulty or you're struggling through stress. And then I think I think we're all wise enough hopefully to be able to discern the difference between those two. But again, coming back to seeing that Jesus chose selflessness. He chose sacrifice for a larger cause. But notice in the act of doing it, in the moment of doing it, he was in agony while he was doing it because his brain and his flesh wanted no part of being tortured, of being beaten and being nailed 
to a cross. Nothing about him was experiencing joy and cheer, but if for those who are believers, who are the beneficiaries of that costly love? We are. If it wasn't for costly love, others, us, we would not be benefiting. If it wasn't for the costly love of Ruth, that Naomi would have never benefited most likely, and she would have stayed in her same hard situation where she may have starved to death. That would have been her reality. Costly love benefits other people, I think is my my final just wrap-up point. And it's realizing what we're doing in marriage or what we're doing in fostering, it is benefiting others, even if that benefit to others is greater than the benefit is to ourselves. But I will tell you, and I think you would agree, Mary Beth, that that is absolutely a great and a worthy way of living your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we all go through different seasons. And if this is a season of struggle for you, we hope this episode has been an encouragement to you as you are choosing self-sacrificing love. So as always, if you enjoy this podcast, rate and review it wherever you listen. It does help other fostering marriages and families find it. And also follow us on Facebook at Fostering Marriage. We hope this has been helpful. We hope it's been encouraging to you. And join us on the next episode of the Fostering Marriage Podcast. Mm -hmm.